Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. I am your host today, Seth Green. With me is Pratima Aruvabumi, a former Apple consultant who designs meaningful quotes into stylishly simple wall art at craftstreetdesign.com. Pratima, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Seth. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Let's go back in time a little bit. Um, so you worked, you were a consultant for Apple. Talk a little bit about how that turned into stylishly simple wall art. Well, that's the long story. Where do I start? <laughs> so um, I actually uh, worked for corporate in tech for probably seven or eight years. But uh, before that, I was a housewife staying home and uh, I had an arranged marriage when I first came to the U.S. And um, that's how I actually came to the U.S. This was almost 16 years ago. But um, and at that time, my marriage wasn't going so well and I got into a divorce and all sorts of stuff and things had not, you know, worked out very well for me. So I was very depressed and all sorts of things. So at one point of time, the quote on my wall helped me think about and kind of make an impact in my life. And that's when I took control of my life and I went out. So when I was unhappy with my corporate career, I was actually very thrilled that I was at Apple because it was my dream job. But I, I did not get the same job satisfaction that I thought I would get once I got there. Um, I couldn't see the impact I was making. So when I got unhappy that way, I went back to this life situation that I had and how it had helped me. And I wanted to see if it would help, help other people as well. And um, you know, at that point, it was just a theory to figure out um, if people would want to buy it or if it would actually help other people or if, you know, it was just me and it was just a coincidence. So I had to do a lot of research and figure that out. But that's how Craft Street Design was born and that's how I'm here. That is incredible. And the longer version of that, if it doesn't, should probably fill the book. Um, who are your ideal customers for Stylishly Simple Wall Art? Who are you selling most of them to? So we have two different groups. We have a younger age group between 25 and 34, mostly women. Um, but we also have a little older age group, 35 to 44 as well. But all of them are basically buying them as gifts, whether to themselves or to others. And how are you getting the word out about your business? There are a couple of different ways I've done. Um, when I started, which was in March of 2015, it was I was basically on marketplaces and I that's how I got the word out. It wasn't on my own website at all when I started. But as it went along, there are many ways. I used social media. I used flyers. I went on LinkedIn to reach out to people, cold email and see if I could, you know, 
get some corporate orders and I did. Some of those worked. Um, things like flyers did not scale extremely well, obviously. But it worked for the time that I used them. So right now we do ads. We have uh, Instagram, a lot of following over there. So yeah, I mean, many different ways really at this point. What do you like best about your business? The best part is obviously making an impact. It helps me and it helps me see that it's actually useful to someone else and to inspire someone to be able to see how encouraging it is when they just needed to hear that, to be able to give voice to words that need to be heard. And I think that's the most exciting part of it all. That is exciting. I mean, you've come so far in in less than two years. What do you attribute your success to? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's any one thing. Um, it, is, it is never a simple answer like that. But um, I mean, a lot of, lot of hustle trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And a lot of them didn't work out. So kind of pushing through that is, I think, the most important aspect of it, because you can um, gain knowledge from many places and all of that good stuff. But it's kind of hard to Um, keep going and I think that's the hardest part what is the best advice you've ever gotten (laughs) advice towards business was to keep pushing and also to keep learning all the time and to get the best mentors possible who have you had who are some of your mentors there are a bunch of people depending on which area you're looking for um, what I have people for that I call up and ask questions but um, I talked to Beate Shellet. she's based out of LA and she runs a creative uh, entrepreneur forum so I talked to her then I speak to John Morrow from Boost Blog Traffic he has helped me understand content marketing Um, we still haven't gotten around to doing it well but he helps me understand some of that Um, and then personally my husband is my largest and the biggest mentor because he can network like like there's no tomorrow and it is something that I still work on and so yeah I mean different areas different people absolutely what are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work I think one of them was Influence uh, by um, Robert Chaldini Caldini, yeah, thank you. Um, that has changed my view on how uh, persuasion works because I had no idea up until that point, and that was very helpful. But the second book is uh, the one that talks about paradox of choice. Mm-hmm. That is it is title. that is the absolute best one for marketing because it gives you an idea. Especially as a maker, you tend to give more choices, so that's that's an excellent book. And the third one is habit that I just love. And it has helped me change myself personally as well. So Interesting that you brought up the paradox of choice. How does that play into your business? Because you have so many options for people, not only just what quote, what inspirational quote do they want, um, but also how it looks, how it appears. So in my business, it's a little bit different. The reason being each uh, quote is for a different sentiment that they're trying to express. It's almost like a greeting card shop, close to it anyway. But um, what it helps me understand is to give choices when there 
<clears throat> excuse me, when they are doing custom designs or number of colors they get to choose from. Um, I don't give many choices. It is just black and white at this point. Um, so it's not confusing when you shop. And that was the whole point of the book, you know, having some 35 choices is always harder on the customer to pick one than to just have two choices. It's just a lot easier. So I guess it is um, important balance between the two as to how many versus too much. Um, but in my case, it's a little bit different because we are a paper company and we are based on sentiments. So that's why I have so many SKUs, but the options in them is uh, much lower. That would be, uh, that's a smart way to run it. What are some of your secrets for how you get so much done in a day? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how to answer that, Sid. <laughs> Any software you use, applications you use, techniques that you use to stay productive? I mean, I do use some apps, but uh, more than that, I think it's all about time management and prioritizing. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I do use things like rescue time to help me track what I am doing, but that works only if I'm on the computer and some, you know, three fourths of the day I'm not because I'm doing something else or I'm hand lettering and it's tough to kind of, um, you know, uh, measure that without actually constantly focusing on a clock. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I'm not, excellent on uh, productive uh, time tracking like that but what does help me is prioritizing knowing that you know the top five things top 10 things I know that sounds like a lot but that's a lot less compared to having 300 things Very <laughs> <So. true. laughs> I'm going back in time a little bit how did you uh, I know a lot of our folks will want to know how did you get to work at Apple and what was that like before the bloom was off the road, so to speak? I think uh, I was in tech. So I went from being a business analyst to doing UI. And I had a uh, design background as well because my graduate studies was in design and my uh, undergrad was in computer science. So I had like both sides, um, you know, what they say, the left and the right brain. Yeah, both. it's kind of rare to be both the analytical and the design type. Yeah, so I, I mean, I had that rare combination. So I was able to seamlessly move from pure tech, being a project manager, being a business analyst, writing requirements for software applications and, and, and the like. From that, I was able to move to UI and to work on designs on their, you know, they had a little card app at Apple. So they hired me specifically for that. So that's how I started working at Apple. But um, what... It, I mean, it was wonderful. It, by the time I joined, it, there was no Steve Jobs already. So there was a big culture change and um, there was a lot of hierarchy. There was still a lot of blind projects, which meant that you had no idea what you were working on until like the whole world hears about it. <laughs> until then, I had no idea what I was working on because each one was given different parts to work on and we would. It's, it's, a, it's a big challenge to work that way. Um, and I think before um, it was easier because you believed in a leader and you went with it probably, but I didn't see it that way because by the time I was there, there was um, jobs wasn't there and things weren't the same, or at least I felt that way. 
So yeah, I mean, I couldn't see the, I couldn't, and also because of so many um, blind projects and hierarchies, it was hard to get anything approved and get anything done. To me personally, that was the hardest thing because I'm the kind of person who decides something and wants to try it out that day. And that's not possible when you're in corporate, but I don't think that is Apple specifically, that is corporate in general. Absolutely. And then obviously you had a design background and then worked at one of the best, the companies with the best design products. Are you, how have you grown the business? Is it just you? Are you doing everything? Do you now have a team that's doing design and fulfillment? How does that work? So design is still completely in-house and that means that I do it. I do not have any employees, but I do have a lot of freelancers and um, help in terms of fulfillment and packing and stuff like that. Um, but design is still fully in-house because that is the core of the business and I don't propose to send that out un until we're ready to hire employees. And at this point, we have no employees. Everybody is a freelancer and a consultant on the other side of the country really and with all the success you've achieved and how you've grown what's your biggest challenge now biggest challenge now is being able to we are get starting to get into wholesale like we're trying to um we have almost like six retail stores already carrying our products but growing in that section and being able to uh, have a consistent year-round product and being able to add enough products but not too many products um, to be able to serve wholesale customers is the biggest challenge trying to do that while balancing retail consumers is is a bit tough because uh, they're two separate groups absolutely well you've, you've done incredibly well you've grown something really interesting um where do you see yourself in the next two to five years <laughs> I have goals, obviously, but I'm not sure where we will be because because of the way business is and because of the way it's changing all the time. And things like simple things like we thought we were in the poster business until after I hit six figures, I realized we were in the gift business. We're really not in the poster business. We're not in the uh, card business at all. Um, so there are many things like that 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 are coming to light as we are growing and as we're realizing um, why people are buying from us. So based on that, I, I cannot actually have a goal five years away, but I do have one year goals, revenue goals, and the number of stores you want to be in and being able to get enough feedback from customers like that. But, but it's, I have learned not to put five-year goals at this point. I do have a big picture, but it's not a um, specific thing to say. All right. Well, you've built an incredible business. Um, anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? I think you've covered it all, Seth. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been Seth Green from the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Pratima Aruvabhumi. Um, of craftstreetdesign.com. We thank everybody for watching and listening. And Pratima, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. It was wonderful speaking. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, 
I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to takethe500challenge.com. That's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.